What's going on, everybody? This is co-host Charlie inside the penalty box for another episode of Drop the Gloves. I'm flying solo today. Co-host Mike, unfortunately, came down with a little bit of a sickness and uh, just could not make it for episode 75. It's okay, Mike. We hope you get well soon, and we will see you next week for episode 76. So, guys, I'm all by myself. So I'm flying solo again for the, I think, third time, third or fourth. I can't remember anymore. I've done this a few times, and I should be okay doing this by myself. I've got a few things in mind that uh, we can, I want to talk out with you guys. Just be the, well, probably call episode 75 the uh the drunken ramblings of a millennial i don't know we'll 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 figure it out later but yeah sorry mike that you couldn't make it hope you come back uh hope you get well soon and we'll see you next week for episode 76 i asked people if they would want to come on and be a special guest co-host for this episode uh unfortunately schedules conflicted and uh couldn't make anything work so doing the show again by myself so all right But, uh, oh, I forgot my tagline. Forgot my tagline. Welcome to the Pony Box. Welcome to Drop the Gloves, where we drink beer. Well, I'll drink beer. We talk sports. I'll talk sports. And I'll have shenanigans all by myself. And now I'm here by myself uh, uh, talking to myself. That's chaos. So, guys, you're going to get a whole bunch of... Oh my gosh, probably a whole bunch of shenanigans coming only from me. All of this bottled up in one person. Who would have thunk it? All right, let's get to the beer. Uh, enough talk, Charlie. What, what are we drinking this week? Well, guys, uh, my dad and mom went on vacation a couple weeks ago, and they went down to the Gulf Coast, and uh, they um, went to a brewery down there, and I asked my dad, hey, while you're down there, look for... Mississippi craft beer. They went through Mississippi. They went to the Gulf Coast. They tried. They they were all over in the Gulf Coast. They Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. So they were just road tripping. But um, so he brought back a few things from Mississippi. I believe this is from Mississippi. Should always read the can first, Charlie. <laughs> yes, Gulfport, Mississippi. Yep, Chandelier. Island Brewing Company, Gulfport, Mississippi. And so he brought back two, two. So I'm going to try both of them. Mike, I'm going to try and save you one can of each. I'm going to try. My dad did bring a few cans of each, but I'm going to try to save you one of each because I don't know how good these are. I haven't tried them yet. This is new, guys. New beer, Mississippi beer. We've we've, uh, concluded the International Premium Beer uh, last week, New Zealand was our final international premium beer that we had. Uh, the previous three weeks before New Zealand went uh, Germany first, United Kingdom second, and then Canada, and then New Zealand topped it off last week. And so now we are back to American Craft, and we're doing the Chandelier Island Brewing Company. It is their Barrier Island Summer Lager. And... It has 5% alcohol by volume. So, and uh, I'm going to crack it solo. I'm going to pour it in the glass and get a color on it and everything. So, here we go, guys. Solo crack it in. Three, two, one. 
Ew, that, that crack it kind of sucked. I'm sorry, guys. Then again, I am by myself, so it probably would have been louder if uh, I had a co-host. No, I'm not trying to dig at you, Mike. Don't don't feel bad, bud. It's all right. All right, so this Island Summer Lager, uh, it's a little golden in color. Oh, my gosh. Mike, you're not even here, and you don't, you don't get to see this epic pour. Oh, man. So apparently I do better when you're gone, when you're not looking. I don't know, but... I'm kidding, Mike. Let it go. I know you're kicking yourself. It's all right. But, oh, my gosh. We now pause for, uh, can't say state identification. State identification is for when uh, we have, uh, I guess, leave the studio for an undisclosed reason. Uh, but we now pause for Instagram-worthy fame. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you guys, you're going to get nothing but ramblings ramblings of a drunken millennial tonight it's gonna get weird it's gonna be fun so all right well cheers to you guys who are listening out there uh hope you guys have cracked yourself a cold one too while listening to this and mike this is for you bud Ooh, that is good oh yeah See, I'm not a big summer guy. I'm not a big summer beer guy. There, a lot of people come out with all the like fruity beers around this time um, uh, because it's summer. Duh. Uh, hot weather needs something that is refreshing, crisp, and that um, y- like uh, you have the Sam Adams summer ale. You have uh, the Lion Kugel's uh, summer shandy. Um, you have some that infuse like lemon or, I mean, something that is like a, a thirst quencher kind of beer or whatever. I mean, this is golden in color. can kind of see through the glass, but my dad thought it was pretty good. So he obviously brought it back for a reason. Mmm, that is good. We'll get to the second one later, uh, throughout the, uh, later in the episode. I don't want to reveal it just yet. It is. Um, my dad said it was his favorite out of the two that he brought back from Gulfport, Mississippi. So, and it's a style of beer that I have been, um, starting to get used to or starting to favor over other styles. Now, I don't know when we get to it, I'll talk about it, but I I don't know if this style beer has taken over my number one style and I, and we'll talk about that eventually all right beers cracked uh before we get to the sports sports have an announcement so the uh the brewery tour uh will continue for this month of uh june uh next week mike and i will be going to braxton barrel house in fort mitchell kentucky i have been to the barrel house we both said we didn't we've never been there before up until uh, last weekend, uh, I went to the Barrel House with my dad. Me and my dad had a day together, uh, went to a car show, and went there for uh, lunch, a couple beers before we eventually went back out again uh, to watch some uh, dirt track racing out at the Florence Speedway. Um, so we went there, and I suggested it because he was like, hey, where's a good place to get a beer? And I said the Barrel House, and he's like, what's that? And I uh, told him it's a place for, uh, 
part of the Braxton Brewing Company. Uh, they they have beer. I think they have a taco truck or a food truck outside. And he's like, sounds good. Let's go. So went, and then eventually Mike called me, and Mike was like, hey, what are you up to? And it's like, guess where I'm at, bud? And I think you called me a douche nozzle or something, Mike. Um, how rude. But then again, I did go before. I did go without you, and uh, we did agree that we would try that place uh, together because we both have never been. But I will. But I will say this, Mike, and that the food was excellent. They have this uh, quesadilla that was just oh so good. So and. And the thing is, it was so large that, I mean, they, they had two sizes. They had either a half or a full one. My dad got a half, and it was still freaking huge. It looked like a full quesadilla, but he ordered the half. It's like, wow. So, and you got your choice of either carnitas, uh, you could do chicken, or you could do ground beef or something like that for your for this quesadilla. Uh, my dad got the uh, carnitas. Oh, exquisite. Exquisite. Guys are probably not going to get a whole lot of Donald Trump impersonations from me uh, for this episode. I don't do it as well as Mike does. So, Mike, I will tip of the hat to you or the raise of the glass to you uh, for that Um yeah, I, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to attempt it. But when I say exquisite, I do the whole Donald Trump mannerism thing with the hand and everything. It's like, oh, my gosh. How did I adopt that? Oh, that's another topic for another day. But anyway, the food is good. My dad tried a few beers from Braxton. He's never had Braxton beer. So my, I got to get my dad to try something new. And uh, he, there was one that he did like there. Uh, believe it was called the Fuerte Lager, um, and he said that was his favorite out of the four that he tried. We tried the Fuerte Lager, tried the Braxton Storm, tried the Summer Trip, and then we tried one called their uh, that was their Doppelbach. I can't remember what the um, can't remember the name they gave it, but it was their Doppelbach, and uh, whoo. Talk about cough medicine. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm starting to like do, Doppelbox and everything, but, uh, I mean, wow. But uh, the first impressions was like, whoo, that is strong. That is dangerous. But the more I drank it, the more I was like, wow, this is actually a pretty good beer. And so first impression was, uh, especially for the Doppelbox, was a little bit, like, strong, but over time, Got, got used to the taste, the flavor, aftertaste, and everything, and it went good with the food. So hats off to the Barrel House. We will see you guys next week, um, me and co-host Mike, for our brewery tour. So that's the announcement, guys. So we got the beer crack, got the announcement out of the way. Now let's get to sports. All right, guys. So there were a few things we didn't talk about last week. Uh, that I wanted to talk about, and Mike informed me that he had some stuff that he was wanting to share for this uh, this episode, episode 75. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it, so we'll have to save it for next week. So, I mean, we, I mean, guys, the vortex last week was I, I, I went back, I edited as I, I didn't really have to edit too much out of it. I thought it was a pretty good episode. 
uh, I usually edit the crap out of episodes. I, I always find like the littlest thing and I'll take it out of there and like pause it. I, I mean, I'll take out the breaks. I'll take out the pauses. I'll take out stuff where it's like, eh, that wasn't really relevant. Or, I mean, we go down rabbit holes like nobody's business. We do. But at the same time, if it's a rabbit hole that just came out of nowhere and had no relevancy to anything that we were talking about, I usually take it out. I trim it down, stuff like that. So that's my whole thought process. But the vortex was pretty good. We went down rabbit holes and there was some stuff that I still wanted to talk about. But we got towards the end of the episode and I was like, I don't think I'm going to. I, I don't want to go too far into the episode and talk about all this stuff. I mean, we could have gone further. I mean, we always say we could always go further with this show. We could always go for hours and hours. Red Beard episode is proof of that. Um, still up. It's still our longest episode. If you guys are brave enough, go ahead and listen to it again. Or for you new listeners, uh, go ahead and check it out. It's called Red Beard Joins the Craziness. I think it's episode... 28 I think I think <laughs> don't hold me to that guys all right but anyway so there was some stuff that I wanted to talk about and now that I'm here by myself talking by talking by myself uh, I get to share it with you guys so we we it's not even the postseason of hockey isn't even over yet and there's already drama. Yeah, uh, I mean, we got coaches being let go, coaches being interviewed. Um, there's teams that are looking for a new hire. I, I mean, it's just like, wow. I mean, usually this stuff doesn't happen until after the postseason. But some teams are like, hey, we know what we want to do. We want to do it now. Let's let's cut ties now. So we're, we're all on board. Me and Mike are, are on board for – John Tortorella coming back into coaching. Where he goes, I mean, we I, I still want Vegas, but due to recent developments in the hockey coaching world, Boston Bruins have cut ties with Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy has been the head coach for the Boston Bruins for the past several seasons now. He took over after uh, Claude Julien uh, was let go from the Boston Bruins. And Claude Julien is also one of those coaches who is looking for a job this summer. So, Bruce and this is totally threw me off guard, guys. Totally threw me off guard. I did not see that coming. And I'm sure Mike didn't see it coming. I wonder if our buddy Brad, who is also a Burns fan, saw that one coming. Because when I saw the headline, Bruce Cassidy has been let go as the Boston Bruins uh, head coach. I was like, what? What What just happened here? What happened? So, Boston Bruins, you got three major players with uh, off-season surgeries that put them back into the lineup possibly sometime around November or December of the following season, uh, the 2022-2023 season, you've let go your head coach. Last week we talked about uh, Patrice Bergeron and if he was going to retire or not. I called it. He didn't retire before episode 74. Now let's see if he doesn't retire before episode 75 because of what is going on 
Now, so Boston Bruins have cut ties with Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy is now out looking for a job. He's even quoted saying like a day or two after he got let go, he wants to bring Patrice Bergeron with him wherever he goes. He's like, now, Patrice Bergeron, if you guys don't know, captain, now the captain of the Boston Bruins, a longtime franchise player for the Boston Bruins, and he's up there in age. We don't know if he's going to retire yet or not. Um, and he's all, And his contract is now come up as a possibility for either one, him retiring, two, re-signing with Boston but for a lower salary, or three, he goes into free agency. If he goes into free agency, I'm scared. I I said last week I'm not scared about the three uh, players who had surgery, um, had surgery uh, during this offseason. I'm not scared about that. You losing your captain to free agency? Now, if he retires, that's one thing. If he retires, it's his choice and and that. But if he goes into free agency because Boston didn't offer him anything or he's not interested in going back to Boston without Bruce Cassidy or something, whatever happened, happens there, I'm going I'm going to be scared, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be scared out of my mind as to what could happen to the Boston Bruins during the offseason and then the upcoming season. We talked about if Patrice Bergeron, last week we talked about if Patrice Bergeron would retire, who gets the captaincy. Me and him, me and my co-host Mike both agreed that Charlie McAvoy would get the C over Marshan, DeBrusque, or anyone else. But if, he, but if Patrice Bergeron goes into free agency... I feel like what I'm going to watch next season is going to be kind of like, I'm going to put it to some of our local listeners. I'm going to use this analogy. Watching the Boston Bruins next year without Bruce Cassidy, Patrice Bergeron, three guys who will be still recovering or working out or going through physical therapy of their offseason surgeries up until December, it'll be kind of like watching the Reds right now. It'll be kind of like that. Where it's like, okay, let's see what happens. And then you start watching and you're like, what the heck is this? What the heck is this crap? I thought we were I thought we were a professional hockey team or something. I mean, it, it's going to drive me crazy, guys. It's going to drive me absolutely crazy. I'm trying to think as to what we could see, witness from the Boston Bruins without Bergeron. And then where could Bergeron go? And if... And if Bruce Cassidy goes somewhere and Patrice follows him wherever he goes, I mean, let's see here. And uh, Jamie. So the NHL coaching carousel. The current vacancies are six teams currently as of this recording. We have the Boston Bruins, who have now let go of um, Bruce Cassidy, the Dallas Stars, uh, the Detroit Red Wings, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Winnipeg Jets. Just please don't go to the Flyers, Patrice. Patrice, please don't go to the Flyers. I'm okay with the, any of the other four in this list, but please just don't go to Philadelphia if you leave. Now, Bruce, 
where would I like to see him go? Because I thought he was a good coach. I liked Bruce Cassidy. I have nothing against the guy at all, whatsoever. Like I said before, the the whole letting him go thing totally threw me off guard. Totally taken by surprise there. And then, surprise! It's like, oh, great! Chaos! My old friend! Let's see what happens. So, Bruce Cassidy, if he goes to Vegas, I wouldn't be mad about that. But now that the Bruins... But here's the thing, guys. I met, I'm a little taken back. I'm surprised by Bruce Cassidy uh, being let go from the Boston Bruins. But now this throws a wrench into the whole John Tortorella coming back. Because now if John Tortorella would come back and interview with the Boston Bruins... It's going to be 10 times better if he goes to the Boston Bruins than if he signs with either Vegas or Philadelphia. Oh, dear God. Oh, Santa, you're going to get my letter soon. Oh, Santa, Christmas better come early. Guys, John Tortorella, who is one of my favorite coaches in the NHL, to come back from his cushy ESPN analyst position to come back into the NHL coaching world and possibly now with the vacancy of the Boston Bruins bench uh, being open. Oh, John, please. If somebody, we, we told somebody, Hey, John Tortorella, if you're listening, go to, go to Vegas. Now I'm begging somebody get this to him and say, Boston's open. Boston's open! Oh, John Tortorella to Boston. Oh, I'd love that. Oh, I would love that. But let's go over all the other available coaches who are looking for a position, shall we? Uh, We have Alan Viganalt. We have Barry Trotz. Claude Julian. If Claude Julian goes back to Boston, oh, that's just bad. That's just bad. I hate that. I mean... I mean, I get there are coaches out there that do eventually get hired back by, like, a team that let them go. And, I mean, I've seen it in other sports. I've seen it. And I'm just like, well, what what, what do you think is going to be different this time? I mean, it makes no sense. So I, I hope Boston isn't thinking, oh, we miss Claude. <laughs> Please don't rehire Claude Julian. Um Paul Maurice, who stepped down from the Winnipeg Jets. And, guys, I like Paul Maurice, too. He's a no-bullshit kind of guy, either. I love, I loved him. I, I loved watching his post-game uh, pressers. Oh, he was great. He was great, too. So, Paul Maurice, John Tortorella is the new Boston Bruins head coach. I'd take it. Uh, Peter DeBoer, uh, who recently got let go from the Vegas Golden Knights. And then we got... Somebody by the name of Rick uh, Tache, I guess that's how you say his name. I'm guessing he got let go by the Red Wings, if I had to guess. That's where he's from. So, oh my gosh. I mean, the musical chairs of, of NHL coaching. I mean, usually it's musical goalies during the offseason. It's usually like, ooh, where's the goalies going to go? But we're not even at the offseason yet, guys. We're still in the postseason. We still got some games to be played here. We we haven't even reached the Stanley Cup final yet. I don't know what is going on, but I am excited. 
Do you guys know the references to some of these things that I am saying on this show? Congratulations to those of you who don't know. Get a life. <laughs> okay. Real quick, guys. Beer break. All right. I was reading the can here for a moment of the uh, Island Summer Lager. Relax this summer with a crisp and refreshing lager. Didn't I say these guys come out with something crisp? Showcasing European Pilsner malt, lending flavors of lightly honey, cracker, cracker, and bread crust. Seriously? Lovely floral notes from Saez hops balance out the flavor, leaving a beer that is full of de depth, yet extremely drinkable it is extremely drinkable but the whole cracker and bread crust really wow i mean guys i know yeast goes into beer i'm not stupid but but when you say cracker and bread crust that's a little different <laughs> that's a little different than than saying yeast or wheat or whatever it, that's different i mean still good don't get me wrong and the can did say crisp so, yeah, we got musical coaches going on, and ain't even the it ain't even the off season yet, guys. The cup has not even been hoisted yet, and we got drama, and we got so much drama, it's driving me crazy. So, drama on top of drama on top of drama. Patrice Bergeron could retire, could go into free agency. Bruce Cassidy has been let go from the Boston Bruins. John Tortorella has not signed with Philadelphia yet, and I'm just now writing my my Christmas in July letter to Santa. Please, John Tortorella to the Boston Bruins. That would be awesome. That would be sweet. All right, moving on. The other bit of hockey drama going on during this offseason. It's offseason for some teams. There are other teams who are still currently playing, vying for a spot in the Stanley Cup Finals. So, found out last week, didn't get a chance to talk about this, but found out last week that we've We've now learned some new information regarding the Arizona Coyotes. So the Arizona Coyotes, for those of you who have not followed along uh, with us on this uh, weird and funny journey. So Arizona, to recap, uh, the city of Glendale has decided not to renew their lease with the organization. Therefore, the Arizona Coyotes do not have a home uh, ice rink uh, for the upcoming season. Glendale said, nope, we're done. We're not renewing. You can forget it. And this is also the same city that locked the organization out during the season because apparently there was an accounting issue, and I'm using the quotes, the air quotes, an accounting issue that certain rent fees were not paid and therefore, the uh, owners of the building locked out the team. And they had like 24 hours to come up with the money before their next home game. It's like, wow, talk about drama. 
So eventually they came up with the money. They they got back into the stadium. They did play their game. No no cancellations, postponements, nothing of that. But they called it an accounting error. I'm sorry, but isn't there an, a, a team accountant or accountants, plural, that, like, you know, manages that stuff, makes sure the light bill is paid, makes sure the air conditioning works when you're, uh, I mean, you know, payroll. I mean, come on. How, how do you do that? Anyway, so that was one piece of the drama. Then we start learning that uh, Arizona is reaching out to other cities in the state of Arizona. So dumb. It's like, let, let this team die. Let it die. I mean, you sh- I mean, how many times do you have to shoot it in the head? Sorry, getting graphic. Don't mean to do that. So... They started going out looking for other major cities in Arizona. There's pretty much only other. You had Phoenix, then you had Glendale, now you have another major city, Tempe. So they went to Tempe, Arizona with the deal that would, um, yep, $2 billion. They proposed to the city of Tempe, Arizona, a $2 billion development, including a new arena for the Arizona Coyotes. So while that is being built, though, however... Where is Arizona going to go? They're not folding operations, and they can't go play at Glendale. So where are they going? Well, they apparently made a deal with the local uh, university in Tempe, Arizona, which is the Arizona State University, the Sun Devils, and said, we would like to use your uh, arena that seats about 5,000 people and... uh, we would like to use it for the next however many years it takes to build this new development and arena. To which the Arizona State University said, sure, no problem. And to which the jokes started pouring in, including from Brad Marshan of the Boston Bruins, who said, the only way you're going to fill up that arena is if you give 4,000 of the seats away. <laughs> Still the best joke. Still the best joke. And I hope the college students are ready to pay for $15 beers out there. It's like, guys, welcome. Yes, you you, you got a professional hockey team right on campus. That'll be 15 bucks for the beer. 15 bucks for beer? You nuts? These kids are already in debt with student loans. Another topic for another day. So... So they've agreed, I, I believe it's three to a five-year deal, uh, to use the facility. They can't, um, they, they can put the uh, Kachina uh, Coyote um, logo on the ice, but they have to share the ice or the uh, center ice space with the Sun Devils. So they have to sh- so they have to share the this space with the Sun Devils. They cannot bring in their own marketing, their own sponsors, anything like that. But yeah, it's okay to use the logo now. It is and, and they're going to pay like 100 million dollars every year for, or I don't think it's every year, but they're going to pay like 100 million dollars. Arizona's going to pay 100 million dollars to the university to make renovations and any upgrades to the arena. What are you gonna do? Turn five thousand into six? I mean, come on, guys. This is just getting it. Just gets dumber and dumber the more detail you go into it. I mean, it's so dumb, so dumb. Oh my gosh. 
So now, recent developments as of last week, the Tempe City Council has agreed to negotiate with the Arizona Coyotes on this $2 billion, billion with a B, development including a new arena. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman endorses the plan without reservation. Remember, guys, Gary Bettman, another another uh, detail in the drama, is Gary Bettman was starting to talk to uh, Quebec City on bringing back the Nordiques during all this drama that took place before we got to the offseason for the Arizona Coyotes. Um, and there was also discussion that there would be three possible U.S. cities for another expansion team. Houston, Texas. Please don't put a second uh, hockey team in Texas. Um, nothing wrong with the Dallas Stars. It's just please don't do it. Um, so Houston, Texas, uh, Oklahoma City, uh, Oklahoma, and then I think the third location was Indianapolis, I think. Don't hold me to that, guys. So, or Kansas City. Kansas City or Indianapolis. It was it was going to be in the uh, central U.S. area uh, is where I think it was going to be. I wouldn't count Indiana as central, but I it, or Indianapolis, but it, it's in there. I, I maybe Mike suggested Indianapolis, but anyway. So you had potentially four teams that would. Could have been the home of the Arizona Coyotes. Arizona Coyotes fold. You bring back the Nordiques, or they fold and move to Oklahoma City, Kansas City, or Houston, or Indianapolis, if that's a viable option. So, so now Gary Bettman endorses the plan. It's like, no, 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 no. It's okay, guys. I, I was about to give up on you. I was about to give up on you. Uh, I, 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 I was trying to talk everybody out of it. I was trying to talk everybody out of it. I, I remember last week we talked about how great a man Gary Bettman is. <laughs> Jackass. Um, he's not. He's not the greatest guy alive, guys. Um, he's not the greatest commissioner either. And it was like he, he was probably going. I, I, I. I I was pushed into those meetings. I was forced. All right. All, all the the board of governors for the for for the league was like telling me Arizona is dead. I we gotta let it go. The Arizona hockey experiment has died. We gotta let it go. But but I was like, no 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 no. I'm not ready to give up on them. I, I was with you the whole way, guys. The whole way. Believe me, I was with you. So now he's come out and saying that this. This plan is great, no reservation. The only thing is that he wants Arizona, the organization, and probably the city of Tempe, to agree on a 30-year no-relocation agreement. 30 years? You want to subject the citizens of Tempe, Arizona, the college students of Tempe, Arizona, the fa- whatever fans are left in the state of Arizona, to 30 more years of freaking, me- it's not even mediocrity. Mediocrity means you're okay. 
It means sometimes you get to the playoffs. Mediocre means there are those years where the full moon rises, the coyote howls, and you make it to the playoffs. That's what mediocrity is. But no, 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 no. The Arizona Coyotes are not mediocre. What the Arizona Coyotes are is subpar. They're below the level. In the great... Probably one of the greatest lines ever from a baseball movie or from Brad Pitt in general. There are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there is 50 feet of crap. And then there's the Arizona Coyotes. That's what we're looking at here. Now, granted, you're probably going to say to me, Charlie, they didn't finish dead last. Arizona didn't finish dead last in the league. They were not the worst team in the league. Granted, they weren't. Somehow, miraculously, I think it's a miracle, Arizona had two more points more than the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal Canadiens who went from runner-up in the 2021 Stanley Cup Finals to being dead last. Number 32 out of 32. But the Coyotes were two points ahead. You you kidding me? Granted, it's not the bottom bottom, but it's still the bottom. It's still the bottom. You're in the bottom five. I mean, I mean, come on. We're talking about a team where fans dress up as seats. <laughs> I mean, people go and they look like an empty seat at the state at, at the stadium at the arena for these Arizona Coyote games. I mean, come on, guys. And, and they brought back the the Kachina logo, the the Coyote logo, not the whatever logo that they had for the past however many seasons. They actually brought back the 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 original and the best logo. In my opinion, it's a cool logo, but the team sucks. All right, I can't help that. We, I mean, we all can't help that, and I'm sure the organization is going. We can't help that we suck, but hey, we have good ideas. Really, trying to keep a team in Arizona by force, and having the having the commissioner of the freaking league also come out and say you can't move in 30 years. The city has to agree. The city and the organization both have to agree that for 30 years we have to suck and get used to it? (sighs) Going back to last week's topic about how Gary Bettman is supposedly the greatest NHL commissioner, I believe we've just now reached a new level of how bad this man is for for, for the sport of hockey. You idiot. Really? Come on, man. I mean, there's bit. Okay, so the city of Tempe, Arizona is in negotiation, which means this isn't finalized yet. It's not. It's not finalized yet. But it's up for debate. It's up for a potential contractual obligation or potential contract with developers, contractors, construction, uh, city planners. I mean, this thing is up in the air. It's not finalized. Thank God. If this was finalized, my goodness, guys, get ready. 30 years of suckage coming down the pike. 30 years. I mean, if Arizona makes it to the playoffs one time in 30 years, one time, I mean, that's all I'd give them. 30 years, but I mean, 30 years in one spot, 30 years where a city or the whole state still have to put up with the crap that they've put up with for the past, what is it, 20 something years? 
I think it's 20-something years that they've had to put up with this crap when they when they played in Phoenix and then they moved to Glendale and now they're possibly moving to Tempe, Arizona. They're already moving to Tempe, Arizona. They're playing at a freaking university, 5,000 people, supposedly. You're not going to get 5,000 people unless it's all college students. Get ready for a lot of uh, drunken fights in the parking lot. <sighs> I mean, the, la- the last segment where we're talking about NHL coaches and the vacancies that is possible in the league right now, that excites me. This new deal and development that could take place in the city of Tempe, Arizona for the Coyotes freaking blows. Sucks. This is the worst idea ever. Let the organization fold. Let it die. The experiment failed. I mean, Atlanta at least knew better when when to fold. Atlanta knew better. Now, again, I believe Atlanta had way better jerseys. I still believe the jerseys was awesome. I don't really like the logo, but the jerseys were cool. I loved them. I would still like to own one of those. They're not in my top five, but they, I would still like to own one. But at least Atlanta had the brains to say when, they knew when to pull the freaking plug. Wow. Guys, I am shocked. I'm I'm actually like this blows my mind. It blows my mind that we are possibly going to see the next 30 years potentially 30 years. And it's not even the next 30 years. All right, we we got to wait we got to wait 3 to 5 years if they agree to this plan for them to build this arena. I mean, we're going to – it's 30-plus years. Think about it, guys. It's 30-plus. Let's say it's 35. 35 years. 35 years. If the Coyotes make it once, I'm calling it now. They call. They, they will only make the playoffs once in 35 years. I'm calling it now. They're not going to make it next year. They're not going to make it the year before that. I think they would probably make it if this deal falls through. I'd say year probably close to the halfway mark. I'd say 15 to year 15 to 16, somewhere in there. And uh, that's a small margin, but I, I would say it, it's going to be somewhere in the halfway mark where they make it once, where finally the city of Tempe, Arizona, and the fans are going to be like, see, we knew it. And then it's going to be a sweep. I'm calling it now. 15 years later, it's going to be Arizona Coyotes makes a wild card spot. They're not going to win the division, they will never win the division. They will get a wild card spot. Probably the second wild card spot. They'll play the number one team in the West. Wh- whoever that may be. Could be Anaheim. Eh, I'm hoping, bud. I'm hoping, Daniel. Uh, that was that was a shout out to you, bud. Um, I mean, they, they'll play whoever the number one team is in the West. And then they'll get swept. Four games straight. For the next 15 years, you're going to hear Arizona fans say, well, at least we made it. At least we made it. Guys, those next 15 years, nobody's going to care. Everybody's just going to be like, oh, yeah, who who was the second wild card team again last year? Arizona? Really? Everybody's still going to be shocked. It's going to be one of those years where everybody's still going to be shocked that Arizona actually made it. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I hope this doesn't get finalized, guys. I hope it doesn't. That's my opinion. I'm a I'm a sports fan. I I'm only telling you what I see, what I know, and I'm giving you my uh, my opinion on it. I mean, this is as far as I'm going to go with it. And uh, if this goes through, hope everybody's ready for 30 years of suckage. 
Beer break. <laughs> All right. So the next beer that is from Gulfport, Mississippi, that my dad brought back, also from Chandelier Island Brewing Company. Um, it is their Tarponator. I believe that's how you say it. T-A-R-P-O-N-A-T-O-R. Tarponator. And it is their Doppelbach at 7.2% alcohol by volume. This is going to be dark, and I'm looking forward to this because my dad said this was his favorite beer out of the two. Three, two, one, crack it. That was better. Not as loud as it could have been with uh, with a co-host. And I was right. It's dark. It's not black, but it is dark. It's not a black color. It's uh, more of a dark... Um, Amber, I'm going to call it that. So, wow. That was beautiful. Again, I an awesome pour. An awesome pour. Mike, I think it's you, bud. <laughs> I love you, bud. I'm just kidding, all right? Stop taking it so personally. But that is, that is an epic, epic color, guys. I mean, that is... That is awesome looking. I hope it tastes as good as it. Uh, so, Dad, I, I hope you're right. I hope this is uh, this is worth it. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. So good. I had to go in for a second one there, guys. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. That is awesome. Guys, Doppelbachs are becoming a favorite for me. Doppelbachs are starting to really become a favorite for me. I It probably won't be my number one favorite style of beer. My, my This will probably take number two. I like a good wheat beer, but I'm going to say Doppelbach takes the number two spot over wheat beer. And that my first choice, still my favorite, and I'll say, and I'll probably say it again when we get closer to uh, the fall months, is the Marzens. M-A-R-Z-E-N. Marzen beers, those are, excuse me, those are like Oktoberfest kind of beers. And I love those beers because, I mean, it's it's a nice like caramel color, uh, amber, I mean, is a very or a, it's got a reddish hue to it um i mean they're really really good beers i mean still by far my favorite oktoberfest that i've um ever had the sam adams oktoberfest i love sam adams oktoberfest guys is still my favorite and uh, now i've had craft oktoberfest but i mean sam adams i know they're big they were once craft now they're a big big brewery um, big brewing company, but I still, I, by far, still number one. Number one for me is them. But the Marzen would be my first spot. Doppelbach, I mean, this is a pretty dark color beer. It probably could pass. Looking at it, it could pass as a Marzen, but it's not. It's a, uh, it's a Doppelbach, and it's still, man, that's awesome. That's excellent. All right. Let us continue with the uh, drunken ramblings of what is going on. So, 
We still have conference finals going on. So last week's recording, we were talking about how Colorado Avalanche were two games to none up on the Edmonton Oilers. And the Colorado Avalanche proceeded to sweep the Edmonton Oilers. They took game three, and then they won game four in dramatic fashion. And it's like, wow. I mean, guys, I am just... I mean, I said, I, I want, I mean, we both wanted Edmonton to kind of make it a series. We, we both were wanted Edmonton to win at least one, if not two games in the series. They lost game three, and I called it last week too in, in the Vortex episode, episode uh, 74 of the Vortex. I called it saying if Edmonton didn't win game three, I don't think they would win game four. They didn't win game three, but I was still hoping. I was still kind of like maybe Edmonton can pull it out going back, and and, and no team has ever gone three games, uh, has ever won um, the conference finals after going three games down. No one has. So history was not on the side of the Edmonton Oilers after losing game three. And I wasn't going to call for it. I wasn't going to be like, can Edmonton do it if they were still playing right now? But, I mean, that that's a hard feat to come come back from. Being three games down. I mean, your back's against the wall. you got to do something. I mean, you got to pull out all the stops. And game four was a pretty good game. Just came down to that wire again. And uh, it comes down to that, uh, I mean, to Edmonton, it could come down to officiating. Edmonton Oilers can say they screwed us over in game one. They screwed us over again in uh, game four to end the series. I mean, Mike, this is for you. It is what it is. Ding. I mean, that's all I can really say. I don't know what more you guys want. I mean, Edmonton, uh, Alberta, I mean, Canada. I mean, you guys, your audience listenership grows. I mean, it seems to be growing so much more than it ever did before. And last year, you guys grew so much because you had the Montreal Canadiens. And this year, you had Edmonton uh, make it to the conference finals and and Edmonton could have possibly made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. It would have been the second Canadian team to make it in back-to-back years. Um, but wasn't in the cards for you. Wasn't in the cards for you. And Colorado sweeping, that's that's impressive because I, 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 again, thought Edmonton would at least win one or two. And Cale McCarr for the, for the Colorado Avalanche. My gosh, this... He's 23. He's nine years younger than me. Give you perspective. More athletic, obviously. Probably better looking. We'll see. And he handled Connor McDavid so well defensively. I mean, he, I mean, there were times where Connor McDavid just, you, you, you didn't know if it, if they were going to be if he was going to be able to keep up with him or if other guys out on the ice were going to be able to keep up with him or defend against him. Kale did a great job. Kale McCarr did a great job, 
And, I mean, there's talk about him being uh, a possible uh, Con Smythe uh, trophy winner if uh, Colorado ends up winning the uh, Stanley Cup. There is that possibility. But, I mean... I mean, as as of right now, as of this recording, I mean that would be kind of be that would kind of be who I would be picking as Con Smythe as well. I mean, I mean if uh, if Colorado wins, I believe it will either be McKinnon or it could be McCarr. If um, now on the other side of the uh, NHL on the Eastern Conference, we're waiting for an Eastern Conference winner. Uh, between the New York Rangers and the Tampa Bay Lightning as of this recording. Uh, and uh, Tampa Bay, as of this recording, has a 3-2 lead over uh, over the Rangers, over New York's. So Tampa being was down two games to none, going back to Tampa. They won game three. They won, they won game four in dramatic fashion again. Palat with a tip in uh, to take the lead with under two minutes to go in the third period. Uh, I believe, what did it say about Palat doing that? He is the first player in NHL history to score multiple game-winning goals during the final two minutes of regulation in a playoff year. Palat could be a possible Consmith winner if Tampa Bay goes and wins again. Three-peat. Three-peat's still a possibility, guys. It's not out of question. It's not over yet. Palat would be a good one. Vasilevsky would still be a good one. Stamkos would be a good choice. Um, I mean, there there are playmakers out there. So, and, and if uh, New York ends up going to the Stanley Cup, they can force Game Seven and then win Game Seven back in uh, um, New York. Then. You got Kreider, uh, uh, what is the guy's name? Zvanejad. You also got, uh, I think that's how you say his name. I'm not looking at the roster right now, guys. I'm sorry. Um, Zvanejad. You also have Igor Shosturskin, the goaltender. I mean, there's some guys on New York as well. I'm not counting anybody out here. I mean, I I still believe the greatest... uh, I wouldn't say the greatest, but I'll still say one of the worst calls ever uh, in terms of Conn Smythe Trophy winner was uh, giving uh, Sidney Crosby the Conn Smythe Trophy after the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins won against the uh, Nashville Predators. Should have given it to the rookie, uh, Jake Gensel, for the Pittsburgh Penguins that year. Uh, but then again, that's what happens when Gary Bettman, uh, Sidney Crosby, one of Sidney Crosby's boyfriends, uh, controls the results of the of the uh, of uh, the MVP. Again, Gary Bettman, not the greatest commissioner ever. He has favorites. He plays favorites. He's made the sport worse. Go back to '74, um, the Vortex episode. We we kind of dig him a hole, and I, he's not he's not the greatest commissioner. He's made the sport worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, so Colorado, I mean, and that, and me, uh, I mean, everybody had Colorado going to the Western or going to the Stanley Cup final in our bracket challenge, but it was, uh, Brad, Kurt, and myself who all have Colorado winning. 
My brother Daniel had Florida. Florida got swept by Tampa Bay. And my co-host Mike had Boston somehow making it to the CLA Cup Finals and winning. Winning it all. Um, Not the greatest choice in the world, Mike. Just going to say it again. I'm sorry. But, But we all have Colorado. And we all got that right. And I did say a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember what episode it was, but I did say that how bad would it be if Colorado lost uh, in the first round to, like, Nashville or something? I mean, how bad would that be? I mean, that would be pretty bad. I mean, we all had different teams making it into the East, but everybody had the same team making it out of the West. Nobody had Edmonton. Nobody had Calgary. Nobody had uh, Dallas, Nashville, L.A., um, St. Louis, Minnesota. Nobody had any of them. It was all Colorado. Colorado, it it just seemed like this was the finally the year for Colorado. Finally. And it is. They've made it to the Stanley Cup. And they await the winner of the Tampa Bay New York Rangers series. And, guys, I'm secretly rooting for Tampa Bay. I'm rooting for a possible three-peat. Now, am I going to pull for Tampa Bay? If Tampa Bay goes... And they're defending a three-peat, or defending their cup, back-to-back years, and possibly making it a three-peat. Would I be rooting for Tampa? No, I would not be rooting for Tampa. I would be rooting for Colorado. I want it to be Colorado. One, because I have Colorado. Two, I'm also hoping that the correct amount of goals are scored based on my bracket challenge picks to where... If I'm correct, I win the bracket challenge uh, out of the five of us who uh, filled out the bracket. Mike, myself, Daniel, Kurt, and Brad. It all comes down to who gets the amount of goals scored in the finals correct. I, I scored high, or I put I guessed high because I think it'll be a high-scoring final. Whereas Kurt went low, and I don't remember what Brad did for his. So, Jamie, can we, uh, Jamie, can you look that up real quick? Yeah, sure, Charlie. I can look that up. Thank you. That's great, man. See, I, I love having Jamie. Uh, Jamie's awesome. I don't care what, I don't care what Mike says about you, Jamie. So, Brad has 22. So, 22 is his pick. Kurt has 18, I have 37. So, that is where the tiebreaker stands. Kurt is still ahead uh, by six points. Me and Brad are tied for second. Mike is four, um, or Daniel is third, and Mike is fourth. Or if you want to get technical, then uh, Kurt is first. Brad and I are tied for second. Fourth place is Daniel, and fifth place is Mike. Depending on how you want to look at things, I know there's five of us, but if one spot is being occupied by two, then the other two spots move up. So there is no fifth position. There is that fifth spot or fifth person, but there's no fifth place because officially two of us have second. So unofficially, there's still five of us. Mike's in last place. It don't matter. It don't matter how you slice it. Uh, that technically, technically that doesn't matter. So, yeah, game six, uh, 
to be played as of this recording. Uh, I'm secretly rooting for Tampa. If Tampa Bay wins game six at home in Tampa, then I hope the Tampa Bay Lightning, Colorado Avalanche, Stanley Cup final will be one of the greatest finals to watch in recent in recent history. I really hope it's going to be that awesome, guys. I really do. I, I think it is so awesome to have a have a team try and defend uh, back-to-back championships and go for a possible three-peat. I mean, it's freaking awesome. I mean, thank God it's not Schittsburg, right? Yeah, Philly knows what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, it's just... I mean, it's it's awesome to watch, guys. I love the playoffs. I love this time of year. I mean, it gets down to this nitty gritty kind of stuff between one to one to two teams. I mean, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to watch. So, yep, Colorado's in, waiting on the East Conference winner as of this recording. Who knows? Tampa could win by the time this episode comes out, or we go to Game Seven, and it'll be one heck of a Game Seven up in New York. Rangers versus Tampa. So, all right. Man, guys, I, I got to take a beer break. Man, it's kind of hard doing this show by myself. And that I talk so much, not a whole lot of beer gets, uh, gets consumed. I'm missing my co-host because if he talks, I get to sip a little bit more. And I feel like I'm chugging this this uh, Doppelbach here uh, so I can, like, you know, keep going. So, yeah. So we've covered NHL coaching. We've covered the Arizona Coyotes. We've covered the current status of the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Let's see here. What else? What else? What else can we talk about here? Or what can I talk about? Not we. I was like, oh, well, I, I, I should say we. Jamie's sitting over in the corner. You doing all right over there, Jamie? Yeah, I'm doing okay, Charlie. It's just, uh, you know, this beer's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's pretty good too, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's really good. Really good. Love it. Tell, tell your dad thank you. I will, bud. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him thank you. Once again, guys, the drunken ramblings of a millennial. Or a, or a hockey fan. I don't know. Take your pick. Um, let's see here. So the Kelly Cup. Kelly Cup. Uh, Cyclones. Uh, ECHL League. So the Cyclones are not in. Uh, we're down to two teams. It's the Kelly Cup Finals. It's the uh, Florida Everblades from the East versus the, the dreaded Toledo Walleye. Uh Hashtag beat the fish. So game four is being played uh, Friday night. Uh, Florida currently has a 2-1 series lead over Toledo. So come on, Florida. Come on. Beat those fish. Come on. Beat the fish. Hashtag beat the fish. Here, fishy, fishy, fishy. Um... As, as long as Toledo doesn't win, it's a good year for us Cyclones fans. I don't know how many times we got to say that here uh, at, at the penalty box. I don't know how many times we got to say it. Hey, did Toledo win? No? Okay, it's a good year. I don't care that they won the West Western Conference Final for the second time in like 
four years or whatever. I don't care. And that, oh, they won the division too? I don't care. Did they win the cup? No? Okay. Debate settled. Cyclone's still the best Ohio team. Doesn't matter. Stay classy, Toledo. But game four, Friday night, go Everblades. I really hope you guys beat them because if Toledo does end up winning, knock on some serious wood. And for those of you who are listening, uh, wherever you are, knock on wood. And if you're the kind of asshole who is listening to this right now and saying, oh, let's go walleye, let's go walleye. Man, you mm, you better hope I never find you. <laughs> I have a particular set of skills. Skills that have made me a nightmare for people like you. If you stop rooting for Toledo now, I'll let you go. But if you don't, I will find you. And I will kill you. Ramblings of a drunken millennial, guys. That is the episode. Get used to it. If you can't take the joke, then get out of the chat room. That's all I got to say. Go Florida. All that to say, go Florida. All right. So, other hockey news. We got the Buffalo Sabres who announced uh, Friday night that they will retire uh, former goaltender Ryan Miller's number 30 next season. So the Buffalo Sabres will retire. Uh, for, former longtime goaltender for the franchise, Ryan Miller. And I liked Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller is one of, is probably one of my top five to ten goaltenders in in the entire league, uh, entire history of the league. Um, I'm not a Buffalo Sabres fan, but I like the guy. He was a pretty gosh darn good goaltender, pretty good. Uh, I, I'm still mad as hell that he didn't win that uh, USA and him did not win the gold medal. Uh, in the 2010 Vancouver Olympic Games. Canada, I know, I can hear the whole jeering and whooping from here. I can hear it now. You guys are like, yeah, Crosby, shut up! I'm, I, I haven't said a single bad thing about you guys all episode. And you, and I can already hear the jeering from, from all the way in Alberta, Vancouver, Saskatchewan, Manitoba... Ontario, uh, Newfoundland, and Labrador. I can hear you guys over there. You're like, yeah, Sidney Crosby, shut up. I don't want to hear it. It It's 12 years ago. Let it go. Let it go. Not doing that again. Um, But yeah, so I'm I'm still mad about that. And uh, and the whole whole call for that goal, too. And then Crosby, the golden goal is... It's in my brain. It's ingrained. It's like the Leitner shot. It's ingrained in my brain. I can't turn it off. When that memory comes up, it's like it'll play 24-7 in my head. It'll play. It'll be like on this day back in February. I don't even remember the day, but it was I think it was February. It was during the Winter Olympics. It was up in Vancouver. But on this day, and that, oh, Man, I, I just hate that memory. It's it, again, it's like the Leitner shot. It just it clicks on every once in a while, and you just and you cringe, and you just go, "No, get out, get out of my head." So, but Ryan Miller, I he he was fun, 
phenomenal in those Olympics. Excuse me. He was phenomenal in those Olympics. He totally deserved MVP out of the whole tournament. I wanted him to come back in 2014 at the uh, Sochi Olympics over in Russia. And I was hoping he would start. He he was on the roster, but he did not play. Uh, Jonathan Quick was the goaltender of the 2014 Sochi Olympics. Um, Quick uh, coming off of a, or uh, was it Jonathan Quick would eventually go on to win uh, a second Stanley Cup that year in 2014. At uh, with the LA Kings, uh, I believe they played the New York Rangers that year. Uh, so he would end up going on to win a Stanley Cup that year, even though he didn't win the gold medal. I don't believe USA placed in 2014. Don't think they won bronze. They did. They didn't. They weren't in the gold medal game. They actually ended up losing in a semifinal game to Canada. It was a freaking one nothing game. But then again. You had uh, Dan Bliesma, who was the coach of the Schittsburg Penguins, and you're playing against, or you're not playing, you're coaching against uh, Sidney Crosby, who you have on your roster back in Schittsburg, back in the NHL. So God forbid you get on his bad side and you now actually coach a winning strategy for USA to beat Canada. You asshole. Dick Biscuit. I'm so glad Dan Bliesma is not one of the coaches who is looking for a job right now. Because if Boston was considering him, I would be tearing my hair out. I'd be going bald. I'd be so pissed off I'm molting. Does anybody know where that reference is from? Guys, told you. Ramblings of a drunken maniac. Ooh, drunken maniac instead of millennial. Ooh. Um, anyway, all that to say that Going back to the Ryan Miller. See, this is what happens. You, you talk about one thing. It leads to another. You take a left. You go down a rabbit hole. You do an oop-de-loop. And then it's like, oh, where the heck am I? It's kind of like the Vortex last week. Uh, Doppelbach gone. Let's see here. How am I doing on time? I'm actually surprised. I've, I'm doing pretty good. And then... Uh, let's see here. We got two. Okay, we got two more tarponitors. Uh, so, Mike, I'm going to save you one for next week. Uh, we still have a couple of the island. It looks like three. And we still have the country boy from last week and the cheetah. Ooh, actually, you know what? We still have one Hellas left from... Uh, from the Germany episode. Three, two, one. Crack it. Oh. Did that sound a whole lot better? That sounded a whole lot better. Right. So I'm going to go. I'm going to take it easy for the last couple minutes here of this episode. I'm going to go light. And I'm going to choose the uh, the German beer that we got from Jungle Gems, The Hellas. And that it's pale. It's uh, it's golden, and that you can see through the glass. It's not like the island lager, but uh, I'm gonna take it easy here. But that Doppelbach was good. So great call, Dad. Thanks for uh, picking that up for us. 
on that. So, Mike, uh, if you're listening, uh, got one waiting for you here for episode 76, as well as uh, one uh, summer uh, or one island uh, summer locker. Got one of those waiting for you too. Yep, still good. Hellas is still good. That's why that's still my favorite um, out of the four. So Ryan Miller getting his jersey retired, number 30 for the Buffalo Sabres next season. Um, again, wasn't a Buffalo Sabres fan, was a Ryan Miller fan. Wish he had won the Olympics in 2010. Wish he would have had an opportunity in 2014, but you got to go with your hot goaltender. That was Jonathan Quick. So it going to say it again. This is for you, Mike. It is what it is. Ding! Should have brought the bell up since you were since you're missing. So, I mean, a lot of hockey in this episode, guys. I don't. I mean, I, I I'm trying to follow baseball to the best of my ability. I know it's summer. I know baseball's going on right now. And I should be paying more attention, but it's, I mean, it's the playoffs. It's the playoffs of, of uh, the NHL, of the ECHL, the AHL. I mean, I will probably not get into baseball until hockey is over. And if you guys are looking for me to, like, dig deeper into uh, baseball and everything, all I know is voting for the All-Star game has, has uh, started. I, I'm starting to see advertising for the All-Star game uh, that is going to be played in L.A. this year. Last year it was in Colorado. This year it's in L.A. Um, I used to vote. I mean, back when I was a diehard follower of uh, baseball, I would go to either MLB.com and vote for the All-Stars on there. Um as many times as I could or was allowed to. Um, if I went to a Reds game, I would pick up the paper ballot and, uh, you know, the paper ballot where you'd poke the hole or whatever uh, or poke the little dot that was in the paper out and then you'd have to, uh, like, drop it off in a um, on a... Uh, was it inside a box or some sort of like mail thing inside the stadium they'd they'd be collected they would tally them up and uh they would send the votes in to the major league baseball office or where or the all-star game commission i don't know whatever and that um and i remember every time i picked one up at the at the reds baseball game uh, I would always poke or put or I would punch the hole uh, for all the Reds players. And that and it was like, yeah, I, I want all the Reds players and that to go to the All-Star game. Um, how naive of me uh, to do that or how uh, childish, I should say, how childish that I wanted all the Cincinnati Reds to go um, when I didn't know any better at the time. Uh, could have been voting for actual all-stars in the uh, National League uh, of Baseball, whereas uh, for the um, whereas for the American League, when I would uh, do the voting, I do everybody who wasn't a New York Yankee. Uh, sorry, Mike. 
Uh, but I, I would try. So if Jeter was on the list for a shortstop, I'd pick somebody who wasn't Jeter, um, somebody who I knew or whatever, and I'd pick the other guy. If uh, Alex Rodriguez was on there, I'd pick another guy. Uh, uh, pitchers, I would pick somebody who wasn't a Yankee pitcher. So I mean, I'm sure Mike. Mike can come on next week and tell me if he did the exact same thing. He didn't pick anybody who was a Red Sox. Uh, but then again, I wasn't a Red Sox until like 2003. Wasn't a fan of them until then. Wasn't like I was a diehard Red Sox fan growing up from the time I knew about baseball, played it, to eventually understanding and actually learning um, players' names, positions, and Stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Mike, come on next week. Tell me if, uh, tell me if you did that. I mean, I, like I said, I was childish. I, I, I picked every red. I picked anybody who was not a Yankee. I didn't care who they played for as long as they weren't a New York Yankee. And, I mean that's how I did my voting. That was my strategy. Now as an adult, that under that at least, I mean I, I'm a little bit more mature. I understand not every Reds player is going to go. I understand that not every Yankee, or that there will be eventually a New York Yankee that does get picked. I mean there's a lot more people in New York City than I think there are or did at the time when I was nine, ten years old. And that so obviously somebody over there is going to get it uh, or get in, but and I haven't voted in the All Star game in a very long time. I just haven't done it, and uh, I'm I guess all this to say, go out and vote, guys. If you've been waiting for us to say something about baseball or anything, All Star break is coming. We're month away, and that go vote MLB.com. Pick up a ballot, find a ballot, wherever. Submit it. Get your favorite players in there. I mean, some of you guys still find the All-Star Games interesting. Um, I don't. I used to watch it. I don't anymore. Home Run Derby is probably my is probably the only thing I would watch, and the last Home Run Derby I watched was when uh, – the Cincinnati Reds were hosting the All-Star Game back in, oh man, I can't remember the year, 2016, 17, I, man, I can't remember, but I do remember Todd Frazier, the Todd father, he, uh, he was eventually the winner of the Home Run Derby, I, I had, um, I remember I had a, uh, I had a summer uh, course up at NKU, Northern Kentucky University, for my master's degree. And uh, we had class the night of the Home Run Derby, which is like Monday or something. So it was a Monday night that we had class. And uh, back then, I drove down this hill to get to my apartment uh, that me and Brittany lived in at the time. And so coming home from the uh the class that went from uh i think it went from like seven o'clock at night to like nine o'clock or whatever it was like a two-hour course because we met 
the one day out of the week or one or two days out of the week. So we had to get our class time in. And they would let us out for breaks or whatever, go use the bathroom or something halfway through the class or something. It wasn't torture or anything. And plus, you're you're trying to get a master's degree, so I mean, you got to be got to be semi focused. <laughs> At least I was. I was semi focused. I was more interested in like other things like sports and and stuff like that. So, and I was coming home and going down the hill. Uh, there's a spot on that hill where you're, where the hill is tall enough that you can slightly see the city of Cincinnati, uh, which is across the Ohio River, in, in, uh, and I'm in northern Kentucky. And so at this spot, I'm coming down the hill, and I'm, I'm like breaking. I, I, I put on the brakes because the speed limit says 35, but you can't help it sometimes, and you go 45, 55 down the hill. You just got to watch out for the police officer uh, who may be patrolling that uh, hill at the at night. So I was careful. I made the curve nice and easy. I made sure there wasn't a, a uh, city cop or uh, county police uh, around the bend where they kind of usually hide and and then uh, after I had made it clear, I started breaking. I started going down the, the hill as slow as possible as I could. And I see over in the distance, across the river, I see part of the uh, Cincinnati skyline. Not the chili, the actual skyline. The buildings and everything. I see them. And then I see the fireworks go off. I was like, oh, wow, they got fireworks going on over there during the All-Star, or not the All-Star, yeah, the Home Run Derby. And I, I wonder what's going on. And that, so I get home like five minutes later, and as soon as I get home, uh, I mean, the fireworks have stopped since then. But I get home, and I like turn on the TV, or, or I get on my phone, I can't remember which, and... and I'm like, okay, so what happened in the Home Run Derby? What happened in the Home Run Derby? And if and finding out that uh, your hometown player, Todd Frazier, uh, who was in the Home Run Derby, made it to the finals and ended up winning the Home Run Derby, and that's what the fireworks were for. He won or whatever at the end of the competition. I mean, that was just so cool. So cool to know that as I'm driving down the hill, those fireworks were for Todd Frazier for winning the Cincinnati Reds All-Star Game slash Home Run Derby competition that year. It was so cool, so awesome. I'll never forget it. It's one of those baseball memories I'll never forget. Um, I have several. They're not all the greatest. I mean... I mean, there are some baseball memories that I have where I've gone to games with my family. wasn't a great time that we had, um, either because of the game or something else happening at the game. Um, there are times where I remember uh, going to a Cincinnati Reds game when I was like uh, probably seven, seven or eight years old. And uh, I remember my grandpa coming with uh, me and my dad. And uh, we're walking on the concourse of uh, going towards uh, then Riverfront Stadium or Center Chief Field. We're going towards the stadium. And 
you're on the concourse. You're above the road of the downtown roads and everything. And I go over to the to the edge of the concourse and I look down and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're so high up or whatever. And I have my baseball glove in my hand. And uh, I, I still to this day remember my dad or I think it was my dad or my grandpa saying, and I don't let go of that glove. If it falls, we're not chasing after it. And I still remember that. And that because um, I had my baseball med because I thought I would catch a, in case I caught a foul ball or a home run or wherever wherever we sat. I can't even remember where I sat where we sat for that game. All I remember is looking down and my dad or grandpa telling me, "Don't let go of the glove." <laughs> I have the glove on my hand, but if I let it slip through my fingers and everything and it fell to the road or whatever, it was gone. They they weren't gonna we weren't gonna go chasing after it. I still remember that to this day. But yeah, I mean base I know baseball season's going on, guys. I know it is. And I I wish I was like Kurt sometimes, where I could give you guys a whole lot more updates, but baseball season is so freaking long. Um 162 games. Uh, you had a lockout this year. I mean, the lockout was the most uh, like dr- dramatic thing that happened uh, up until we got Kurt on and we talked to Kurt and talked to, about what are the Reds doing, what are their chances. They're not great, still not great as of the last time Kurt was on. Um, I mean... Kurt was saying they were on pace to win like 20 games or whatever, and I think they've beaten that. I think I think they're over 20 games, so woohoo! Expectations exceeded. Woohoo! Um, I, I I really wish I could tell you guys. I really do. So I mean, hockey is my first love. It's my first passion. Uh, it wasn't always that way. Baseball, football, basketball—they took. They would occasionally take first place, but hockey is kind of like where I'm at. I mean, hockey is my number one sport. It's the one sport I can follow from beginning to end, off season to the beginning of the season. There are events, signings, coaches, uh, memories, history that I can recite for you off the top of my head because I know it so well. But then it comes to baseball and I can only go to a certain point. Baseball, I can only give you World Series winners up to about 2018. From 2019 on, I can't give you anything. If you ask me who was pitching in uh Last year, or who 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 recorded the final out in last year's World Series game? I can't tell you guys. I'm sorry. It, it's just not one of those sports. It's not one of those moments. It's not one of those games that I just follow and just like I gotta watch. I gotta know. I gotta see. I gotta find the station. I gotta watch it. I want to get some friends together. We, we need to go watch this game. It's not. It's it's not my passion. It's not my passion. I mean, sorry to break it to some of you guys who are listeners, but it's just not. I mean, it's drop the gloves. We have gloves in our logo, 
it, they're hockey gloves. They're not baseball gloves for, for hitting. They're not gloves for boxing or, or anything in reference to football or basketball. It's hockey. Number one priority on this show will be hockey, and that's what I kind of talked about a whole lot on this show. It, it's what I find the most interesting. It's what I find my passion in, and I get that there's other sports out there. It, it uh, kind of reminds me of uh, what used to be one of my favorite baseball movies. What used to be. After a while, it's not really my favorite anymore, but it's uh, Fever Pitch. Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore. It's about how the Boston. It's about it's about a couple who fall in love during uh, the 2004 Red Sox um, uh, baseball season, where eventually the Boston Red Sox uh, ended up coming back from three games to none against uh, the Yankees, winning four straight, going to the World Series, and eventually breaking the curse of the Bambino after 86 years and winning uh, the World Series for the first time in 2004. But uh, there, there's a scene in that movie where uh, Jimmy Fallon plays a teacher at a, at a grade school. Uh, and one of the teacher, teachers asks Jimmy Fallon's character, Hey, are you going to watch the Celtics game later? And, he, and Jimmy Fallon goes, No, I don't think so. And the other teacher goes, You know there are other sports out there besides baseball, right? That's kind of how I am. That's kind of how I am. Yeah, I know there's other sports out there. Well, the 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 next line after the teacher says that is uh, from Jimmy Fallon going, "I would debate with you, but uh, that would only end up with me being dragged out of here in handcuffs." So I get that there are other sports than hockey. I get that there's basketball. I get there's football. We talked. We talked. Man, there was months during the freaking. Uh, there was months during the hockey season from like September all the way to like the Super Bowl where we talked almost nothing but football. And now we're talking nothing but hockey because we just find everything that's going on in the playoffs interesting. And then you add on top all of the drama that I talked about earlier in this episode with the coaching and the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, there are going to be months, there are going to be episodes, there are going to be segments where hockey is going to be the dominating factor. Then there will come a time where the season is over. The Stanley Cup will be presented, the winning team will hoist it, and then it will be like, what's next? And whatever's next will be baseball, prepping for college football, prepping for NFL training camp, prepping for... Uh, the upcoming hockey season. We will eventually go down the list. We will eventually go through the cycle again. And we will get to the point where it will just be like, hockey's back, we're happy, we're excited. But it's not going to over... Uh, hockey will overtake the show or the direction of the show eventually. Again. But... At the same time, it's what I know, it's what I find fascinating, but eventually we will swing back around to where the pendulum will go from hockey most most or first and foremost to eventually the pendulum swinging to, oh, did you happen to watch the Notre Dame game? Or, hey, how about them Bengals? Who day? All right? I mean, there, 
the pendulum will swing back and forth between and in between football and hockey will be baseball and other events or other uh, sports news. There will be other stuff in between. We will eventually get there. We will eventually cover it. It will eventually be said, possibly on this show. And if it's not said on this show, we can't help that. We tell you guys all the time, if you think you can find something better, there's the door. Get the heck out of the chat room. All right? But if you come in here, the penalty box, it means that you were ready to crack open a beer, listen to two guys, in this case one, talk about sports, in this case mostly hockey, and just go down the rabbit hole with us and all sorts of shenanigans, whether it's the Jamie over in the corner. Thanks, Charlie. I like to be included. You're welcome, Jamie. To the ramblings of two men who just just absolutely, you know, have fun, probably make probably sound stupid, but at the same time, we love doing this. That's all I can tell you guys. And to be honest with you, I think with that, it's time to end the drunken ramblings of a of a millennial or a maniac or whatever. You, you'll you'll see what the title is. All right, guys, thanks for thanks for tuning in for this week's episode seventy five. Again, title you'll see it. It'll either be the drunk the drunken ramblings of a millennial maniac hockey fan, whatever. So, uh, usually this is the point of the show where I'll turn it over to uh, my co-host and he'll tell you where you can find him and the show, but since I'm the only one here and I'm talking to a microphone and a computer screen, so I gotta be the one to do it. So hopefully I've paid attention uh, throughout the past 74, 75 episodes now, hopefully I've paid close enough attention over the past 74 episodes to remember what he says, even with all this beer in me. So you can find Mike over at Twitter at GlovesMike, G-L-O-V-E-S-M-I-K-E. And then you can follow the show on Facebook at Drop the Gloves Podcast number one. There is no hashtag one. There is no spelled out number one it's just the the number one drop the gloves number one check us out over there on facebook as well as glove drop the gloves mike on instagram you can follow him over there too and then he'll usually turn it over here to me and i'll go you guys can follow the show on instagram at drop the gloves podcast all lowercase all one word check us out over there for all the beer sports and shenanigans that take place in between these episodes including this episode of the drunken rambling and then i will go you can subscribe and share the podcast wherever it is available on uh podcast streaming platforms especially our hosting platform anchor Anchor, thank you guys so much for 75 episodes strong. Woohoo! 25 more to go until we reach 100. And then also check out Anchor's uh, partner platform. Platform. Ugh. Talk, Charlie. Platform Spotify. And we are also on major streaming platforms as Apple, Amazon, Music, and Mike's favorite. He's not here, but I'll do the honors. 
Google, and I'll also do this honor. F you, Google. And this is where I usually go, I'm co-host Charlie, and then he'll say, he's co-host Mike, but since co-host Mike isn't here, I'll go, I'm co-host Charlie, and I'm Jamie in the corner. And we will see you next time in the penalty box. 